the greatest packing snow I've ever seen. I agree. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Navy, think fast. Don't you dare. <laughs> What's wrong, Navy? I do not like the snow, and I do not like the cold. Oh, come on, it's Christmas. And like Arthur said, ah. this is great packing snow. Mm, nope. Nope, California beaches and sunshine for me. Thank you very much. The sooner we find this watch, the better. Where's John? He went ahead to check something out. The signal's weird, but we're getting closer. Well, just let me know. Until then, I'm just gonna keep practicing my fastball. And a one, and a two, and a... Ow, Alex! Oh, sorry, Dad. <laughs> ah, hate the snow. See, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> so... How's everyone enjoying 1867 Boston? Oh, it's absolutely right. I love it. Fantastic! What do we got on the scanner, Navy? Uh, the signal keeps phasing in and out, but, but according to the data, the watch is in that building. The warm-looking one with that, with that big crowd around it? Really? Oh, that is excellent news! Why? That's the Parker House Hotel. It's the oldest hotel in the eastern seaboard, or at least it will be in our day. And it's very historic and very, very haunted. What are all those people doing? Well, there's one way to find out. Uh, excuse me, sir. What are you all standing around for? What do you think we're doing? Freezing our keys off of the fun of it? Now we're waiting to see Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens? The Charles Dickens? Wait a sec. Charles Dickens, 1867. Wait, sir, what's today? What? I said today, my good man. What's today? It's Christmas Eve, you chowder ahead. Tourists. Christmas Eve. Do you know what that means? We get two Christmases this year instead of one? Yes! And a very important Christmas at that. Why? What happens? A Christmas carol is a huge deal in the history of Christmas. Did you know that celebrating Christmas was actually illegal in New England until about 1680? <gasps> no, stop! Who would do such a thing? The Puritans! The ban was lifted, but it wasn't until this very night, 200 years later, at Charles Dickens' first American reading of A Christmas Carol, that everything changed. It's tonight! The first readings tonight! I love Christmas Carol! It's like my favorite movie! Look at all these people waiting to see him! All of this for an author? Oh, Charles Dickens was a 19th century equivalent of a rock star. Oh, can we stay and watch the show? Oh, I don't know. Victor could turn up. Either way, can we be quick about this? I am literally freezing my keister off over here. I doubt you're literally freezing it off. Wanna bet? Oh, wait! Here he comes! Ladies and gentlemen, Charles Dickens. Here we go. Thank you. Thank you, my adoring public. Wait, that's not Dickens. Victor! <laughs> Expecting someone else? <laughs> Guys, do you know what this means? We're gonna save Christmas! Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Time Traveler's radio show Christmas Special! This very special episode of the Time Traveler's radio show is being presented to an audience of live listeners, all who have braved the snowy cold of Christmas Eve 1944 to be with us in studio this evening. Give yourselves a hand, folks. Oh, 
Why are we even doing this? I'm serious. There's like three people here, and that guy is asleep. Oh, come on. It's Christmas. Get in the spirit. <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, is something the matter? Oh, why would anything be the matter? Guys, quiet. We have an audience. Oh, it's fine. They think it's all part of the act. Hello. Hello. Okay, fine. But Navy's with me, right? I, I don't know, John. It does seem a bit uh, superfluous to be doing a show on Christmas Eve when we could be warm at home without Coco and PJs. Oh, yeah, let's do that instead. Listen, there are people here. We paid for it. We're doing this. Besides, it'll help us all get into the Christmas spirit. Okay, oh, come on, guys, where is your Christmas spirit? Okay, 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 apparently not. <sighs> I'm going to the green room. Oh, wait, Jess, I'll come with you. Wow, what did you do this time? I have no idea. Don't worry, your old pal Arthur is on the case. Ugh, great. Merry Christmas. Don't worry, John. You've still got me, and I'm full of Christmas spirit. Oh? Well, fantastic! Anyway, this is the Time Traveler's Radio Show Christmas Special. Today's adventure, How the Victor Stole Christmas. Still looking for that ideal last-minute stocking stuffer? Well, never fear. Tonight's sponsor is Leibowitz & Sons Patent Pending Beauty Products. And now, on with the show! Oh, and this episode takes place outside the flow of our normal stories, so don't let it confuse you. Wow, this is a nice hotel. Swanky. And warm. Oh, thank goodness. You think Captain will let us stay here, or...? Where? Where is he? There, Victor. Victor! Oh, I'm sorry. You must mean Charles. Charles Dickens. <laughs> Did you want an autograph? What have you done with him? <laughs> done with who? The real Charles Dickens. I am the real Charles Dickens. No, you're not. Who's to say I'm not? I have the same goatee and curly mustache, don't I? Well, yeah. Well, there you go, then. You'll be happy to know I have no idea where the real Dickens is or the watch, but they are here somewhere together. And you'll never find them. I mean, I put them here, and I can't even remember where they are. <laughs> In the meantime, what better way to have unfettered access to the hotel than to be Dickens? <laughs> so if you'll excuse me, I have a very important performance to prepare for. My henchmen, uh, I mean, my publicists, with me. Oh, wee oui, wee, oui, Victor. Ouch. I mean, uh, wee oui, wee, oui, Charles. Yes, absolutely, Charles. Da, Mr. Dickens, da. Over my dead body. Alex, go get us a suite of rooms. We're staying here, too. Yes! Oh, Merry Christmas, Alex! I... Oh, I don't think so. Harvey? Yes, Mr. Dickens? Ah, may I present Harvey Parker, the proprietor of this humble establishment? Harvey, these are a bunch of deranged fans, especially that one. Thank you. As the most famous author of the 19th century, I can't have them around. Safety concerns, you know. We'll take care of it, Mr. Dickens. Bobby, escort these individuals to the door. Yes, Mr. Parker. All right, let's go. 
won't get away with this, Victor! But I already have. Who could be so heartless? Yeah, it's Christmas. Oh, how silly of me. Merry Christmas, then! <laughs> what do we do? Cover your ears. Yes! Flashbang to the rescue! Run! Come back here! Quick! In here! Fast! Quiet! They're here somewhere. Find them! Okay. They didn't see us. Phew, that was close. Wow, this is a nice hotel. Check out these rooms. Uh, I called dibs on the bed. Guys, guys, focus. This is not good. Victor could easily ruin both space-time and Christmas. We have got to find Dickens stat. Navy, did you hear what Victor said? Yep, working on it now. Uh, about what? That he had no idea where Dickens was, but that he was the one who hit him? Which means that Victor is either going senile or... Or he created a pocket paradox. Oh, so that's why the signal's been phasing. What's a pocket paradox? Oh, it's where you take the flow of a tremendous amount of time energy, like what comes off the watch, and use it to create a localized time paradox. They're usually pretty small, but very, very effective at hiding things. Usually too effective. But whatever you hide inside will phase in and out of reality, essentially sealing it off from the rest of time, making it impossible to access. And it's dangerous, because even the person who hid it wouldn't be able to remember where they put it. So, at the moment, both Charles Dickens and the Watch are in this hotel somewhere, both existing and not existing at the same time. It's Schrodinger's worst nightmare. Why didn't Victor just take the watch and run? Well, the next portal doesn't open until this evening. He probably got here early and wanted to make sure that no one else could find it but him until the time was right. But wouldn't he not remember where it was? Well, like any paradox, they're both very robust and very delicate. A portal opening should be just enough energy to disrupt it. That way, Victor would remember where he put it and have just enough time to grab it and run. So, how are we going Going to find it then? Well, the good news is the location should still exist in Victor's subconscious. Cool. How are we going to get to that? <sighs> An excellent question. Is this book really that big a deal? Alex, before Christmas Carol, Christmas spirit wasn't even a thing here. Oh, come on. I bet we can find another way to spread Christmas cheer. <laughs> hey, you! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas this! Wow, he's got better aim than you, Alex. And look, he's even saying he's number one. I don't think that's what he's trying to say, Arthur. Oh. Well, maybe I could sing him a Christmas carol. <clears throat> God rest ye merry gentlemen. No, no. Charles Dickens' book is the only way. Now, quiet. I need to think. Someone's coming. Hide! Hello? Is anyone there? See, no one's here. I swore I heard voices, and the window's open. You're losing it, Marie. You probably just left it open when you were turning the sheet. No, no, I didn't. I promise. I swear, sometimes... What? I swear, sometimes it's like this place is haunted. <laughs> now I know you've lost it. Come on, 218's requesting more towels. Haunted, huh? Ha, I think I've got an idea. 
And now, it's time for a brief word from our sponsor, Leibowitz & Sons Patent Pending Beauty Powder. Oh, boy. Perfect stocking stuffer for that special someone in your life this Christmas season. Ho, ho, ho! Has your Christmas been sad and boring? Are you concerned by unsightly body hair and odors? Are you worried for your Christmas dinner? Well, never fear, because Leibowitz & Sons is here to say... No more! That's right! Leibowitz & Sons patent-pending all-purpose beauty powder takes the guesswork out of everything this holiday season. Don't believe us? Just listen to these satisfied customers. Ever since I started using Leibowitz & Sons patent-pending beauty powder, I feel cool and confident as I prepare Christmas dinner. Mm. Wow, Jess, you're glowing. And this turkey's amazing. <laughs> Don't choke. Seriously, though, what did I do? But that's not all. Our patent-pending beauty powder doubles as an attractive perfume slash cologne. <sighs> Ever since I started using this powder stuff, I smell like a wild garden of flowers in the spring. A garden from which I have to beat the men away with a stick. Who wrote this? <laughs> Wow, you really do. I mean, if, if wildflowers smell like talcum powder, I like it. Oh, my God. Arthur. <laughs> Maybe this stuff really does work. Ho, 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 but that's not all. Running out of baking powder for that holiday meal? Just a spoonful of our patent-pending all-purpose powder, and the meal will be saved? There it is. The other shoe falls. Talcum powder as a cooking substitute. All right, we're done here. You know, it's almost as ingenious as Alex's all-purpose Christmas gift. Oh, is that what you're mad about? Wait, I thought you liked flowers. I'm not having this conversation. Wait, Jess, come back. Alex, we still have a live audience. And they still think it's part of the show. And that guy is still asleep. <laughs> A special thanks to our sponsor, Leibowitz & Sons patent-pending all-purpose beauty powder. With a special emphasis on all-purpose. <laughs> and now, back to our feature presentation here on WPNR, the Time Traveler's Radio Show Christmas Special. How the Victor Stole Christmas. Ugh, ugh, this stuff tastes terrible. Well, it's, it's toxic, so... No, Ar Arthur, spit it out. Arthur, spit it out. I, I can't, I can't feel my tongue. I can't feel. Okay, rinse it with water. Molly was dead to begin with. No, no, more like Molly was dead to begin with. <laughs> Well, I've got that part down. Let's see. Is there uh, Oh, ah, yes. Mankind was my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance, and benevolence were all my business. The dealings of my trade were but a drop of water in the comprehensive ocean of my business. <laughs> what a bunch of hooey. Much hooey. Well, look at that. It's almost time for my debut. What's the matter with you? You look like you've seen a ghost. Not seen a ghost? Wait. You mean you've heard the ghost? Haven't you noticed? This hotel is uh, creepy. Don't you feel like 
Like someone is watching you. Oh, come now, my fine Frenchman. Surely you don't believe that, do you? Well, I don't know. Uh, well, let me put your mind at ease. We're currently in 1867. This hotel was built in 1855, and it's not rumored to be haunted until much, much further down the road. In fact, it's rumored to be haunted by Charles Dickens himself. And need I remind you that we saw Dickens yesterday, alive and well, wherever we put him. But I, I swore I heard chain rattling earlier. Now, now, what you need is just a little fresh air. Why don't you boys go on a scouting trip and leave Uncle Victor to his preparations? You guys, seriously, don't feel like you're being watched? Finally, a little peace and quiet. Ghosts, what a bunch of hooey. Now, where was I? Ah, yes. Now, it is a fact that there was nothing at all particular about the knocker on Scrooge's door. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Let any man explain to me how it happened that Scrooge saw in the knocker, not a knocker, but Marley's face. Hello? Is that you, John, hiding in my dresser? There's no one, of course, just as I thought. <clears throat> to say he was not startled would be untrue, but before he shut his heavy door, he walked through his rooms to see that all was right. He had just enough recollection of the face to desire to do that. Quite satisfied, he locked himself in. Ah, yes, alone at last. No boogeyman hiding in the closet. All about your hooey. Who's there? <laughs> Silly me. This is an old hotel. It's winter. It makes many noises as it settles. The wind is blowing and driving up the cold. And uh, very large cockroaches. <laughs> All right, then, you spook or specter or goblin. Show yourself. If you're so keen on scaring me, come out in the light and prove it by... Blowing out my fire. My only source of warmth and light. Where are those blasted matches? Victor! What? What is this? Victor! I am the ghost of your former mentor, Henry Farnsworth. Hooey! Who are you saying? Yes, indeed, just a bunch of hooey. You doubt your senses. I doubt very much that there is a dead man standing in front of me. If you're Henry, prove it. When you were 14, you got your head stuck in the toilet of my upstairs bathroom. I never told anyone. I had to rescue you with a plunger! Ah, so... You are Henry. You're the ghost that haunts this hotel? Well, I'd like to say you're looking well, but... Silence! My time grows short. My, this is a fun conversation. Victor! I have grown weary of your meddling, Victor. The world needs the real Charles Dickens to read a Christmas carol. Christmas spirit depends on it. Tonight, you 
will be haunted by three spirits. If you listen to their counsel, you may yet have a chance of avoiding my fate. And what chance is that? To avoid an eternity of chains and cheap parlor tricks? <laughs> hooey, I say. This is all hooey. We thought you might say that. We? Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. I've always wanted to say that. Okay, everyone. Come on out. Yes! You got him! Nice shooting, Navy. Guys, this is the most fun I've ever had. Why didn't we pretend to be ghosts ages ago? Okay, why are we doing this again? This hotel is famous for being haunted. I figured we should just lean into it. Yeah, but how's any of that going to help us get into Victor's head? The paradox that Victor created is putting off a lot of time energy. And the device that I made out of my scanner, some silver spoons, and string should act as an antenna to siphon off some of the energy. We can then use the energy to do a very low-stakes version of what Victor did to Charles Dickens to Victor. Dickens should be in a trance somewhere, completing a loop over and over again. If we can get Victor into a similar loop, we should be able to navigate into a subconscious into telling us where Dickens is. And we needed a situation that we could suggest to Victor's mind, though, a, a, a catalyst. It's a good thing I bear a passing resemblance to my dad's ghost in bad lighting. <laughs> Did we really have to choose the haunted hotel scenario, though? Oh, didn't you know? Victor is very easily frightened by things like ghosts. <laughs> He'll never admit it, though, trust me. This is the best way. So, tonight... Victor is going to get a visit from the ghosts of the past, present, and future. Uh, like Christmas, Christmas Carol. Oh, I understand the trope. So brilliant. Okay, it's going to be technical, so Navy and I will handle the dive into Victor's subconscious. We need you to be on the outside of the room so that when we do, we don't get caught in the paradox in case we need you to wake us. So what do we do then? Stall. Stall everyone downstairs from leaving at all costs. We have to get Charles Dickens to read his book. All right, team. Let's go. All right. Remember, Navy, the location of both Dickens and the watch are probably guarded behind layers of Victor's selfish motives. If we can find just one, just one redeeming quality or memory, that should be the window we need to find out where Dickens is. You ready? Well, to dive into Victor's subconscious, as ready as I'll ever be. Let's do this. Start the paradox. <clears throat> Where am I? Hello. What? Who are you? What's going on? Greetings, Victor. I am the ghost of Christmas past, and this is your life. What? As promised, tonight you'll be haunted by three spirits. So sit back and relax as we take a stroll down memory lane. This is ridiculous. I don't care about this sentimental hogwash. I... Oh. Is... is that... is that my old schoolhouse? Wait, you guys grew up in the mid-2050s. What's with the 1800th look? Well, we had to suggest something to Victor's subconscious. Ooh, looks like he took the Christmas carol motif to an extreme. A schoolhouse? Well, this shouldn't be too bad. I, I mean, we're trying to find one redeeming memory, right? He has to have some redeeming qualities when he was a kid, right? Right, John? Yeah. Let's go take a look in the school. 
Why, I remember this place as if it were yesterday. <laughs> the paths, the trees, the boys. <laughs> there goes little Tommy Fontani. I, I stole lunch money from him in the third grade. <laughs> but let's go inside. I believe there is a solitary child left alone, forgotten by his friends. I know it. Ah, yes, there he is. Poor boy, poor, poor boy. Yes, look at this sad child, friendless, alone, waiting for... Wait a second. That's not Victor. No, it's not. Dear Dad, I think I figured out a way to ensure the power coupling doesn't come loose from the auxiliary backup unit again. Hey, loser. Give me your money or I'm going to punch your lights out. Victor... I have a name. It's John, and you already took my money. Hmm, that's right. How could I forget? Well, well there's nothing left to do except a wet willy. No, no, not the wet willy. You were a bully. You're supposed to be innocent and misunderstood. Oh, I've never been innocent. No, no. Oh, spirit, I cannot thank you enough for allowing me to relive this memory. Where? Where did you get that popcorn? Oh, maybe this was a mistake. So Victor made fun of you as a kid? Mercilessly. Well, you were friends later. What changed? There you are, Vicky! And... John! Victor, what are you doing? Stop it! What? We were just having a little fun. I told you to leave him alone. Come on, John. Let's go get you cleaned up. What? I can't hear you. I think I have saliva in my ear. You have to promise me, Vicky, you'll never bully John again. He's sweet. I like him. Uh, if you insist, Robin. Come on, John. Let's get you cleaned up. Robin. That was a redeeming quality. He, he stopped. Uh, look right over there. Look! The memories are parting. We can see no. where he hid. Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> There. Right as rain. No need for anyone to see in there. What? Into your best qualities? No, no. Into where I hid the watch. <laughs> now, if you follow me outside, I believe I'm putting young Billy Nichols in a headlock. Uh, uncle! Uncle! <laughs> oh, boy. Let's maybe check out another Christmas. Maybe it gets better. Uncle! 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 <laughs> maybe. So this is what all the hubbub is about? Wow, this is a lot of people. Okay, so we have to stall. How do we stall? Ooh, maybe we could regale them with some stories of our adventures in time. Mmm, pass. Who'd want to listen to that? Okay, well, maybe we could, maybe we could. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. We'd like to apologize. It appears Charles Dickens isn't coming tonight. Apologies for having you all come out on Christmas Eve for nothing. Guys, we have to do something. Uh, uh, wait! You don't have to leave because... Because Charles Dickens is here. Uh, me! <laughs> I am Charles Dickens. What? You're not Charles Dickens. Uh, how do you know? Because you do not look like him. Well, as you know, those... Newfangled photography machines add 10 pounds. And a beer. Yes, and Dickens is famous as a show person. I wanted to make an entrance. Stop! This man is an imposter. 
Yes, not the real Charles Dickens. Oh, yeah? Prove it. Because I am the real Charles Dickens. Did not see that one coming. You can't be Charles Dickens. You're French. Well, you're American. Uh, Touche. Francois, what are you doing here? Shouldn't you be off creeping around somewhere? I am acting on Victor's instructions. In the event of his disappearance, we are to stall. Frank and Francois are looking for him now. They're They're what? what? Oopsie. They find John and Navy. It could ruin everything. Let's head them off. Arthur, I mean, Charles, don't you have a story you'd like to start? Uh, absolutely. Well, so do I. Well, both of you just read it then. So, how do we tell which one's the real Dickens? There's only one way. They both have to read the story. That's how we'll know. Ha! Piece of cake. Watch this. Marley was dead to begin with. Oh, please. Watch this. Marley was dead to begin with. Wow! How'd you do that? I went to a theater camp as a youth. Once again, it's time for a brief word from our sponsor, Leibowitz & Sons Beauty Company, with a revolutionary eyelash treatment they'd like to share with you. Jessica, you're on. Ladies, are your lashes lacking this holiday season? Are they not as thick and voluminous as you could hope for? Does your man not bat an eye when you bat yours? Well, never fear, because Leibowitz & Sons is here to say... No more! Leibowitz and Son's new patent-pending eyelash extension treatment combines revolutionary cutting-edge treatment with down-home traditional remedies to produce thick lashes that will drive your man wild. Don't believe us? Just listen to these very satisfied customers. Ever since I started using these fake lashes, my man can't get enough of the look in my eyes. I can't help but tickle myself pink as I look in the mirror. Arthur, what are you doing? What? We needed another girl. And that's not all. Our kits make a very popular stocking stuffer this Christmas season. Hey, Jess, I got you something special this year. It's... Let me guess. More flowers. Jess, we're on the air. Oh, so now you care? Listen, what's wrong with flowers? You like flowers. Of course I do. But Alex, I spent months working on your present. Your gift might as well have been bought at the pharmacy like 20 minutes before the show. Not true. It was actually 30 minutes before the show, but we went down and we... Arthur, shut up. There it is. Leibowitz and Son's new patent-pending eyelash extension treatment. It'll make them jealous. Leave the witches' eyelashes. It'll make them jealous. Oh, boy. Arthur, I am going to need your help after all. Can you run an errand? Yes. The love doctor is in. Uh, A special thanks to the Leibowitz Company for their awesome product. Now, back to our feature presentation this evening on WPNR, the Time Traveler's Radio Show, How the Victor Stole Christmas. So how do these eyelash extension treatments work anyway? Yikes! Is that a needle? And thread? What are you supposed to do? Uh, It's best you don't know, Arthur. (laughs) 
Well, this has been an epic failure. Agreed. Every single Christmas past failed, not to mention the present. Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> I thought the robe was a nice touch, though. You made a very convincing ghost of Christmas present, John. Thanks. So what do we do now? Well, we let Victor finish laughing his tail off as his latest antics. And then we go back to the drawing board. I, I have no idea what to do from here, though. What about Ghost of Christmas yet to come? It's usually frowned upon, according to the rules, to show someone their future. <laughs> oh, spirit. I can't thank you enough for this trip down memory lane. So many good memories. <laughs> this was supposed to change you and, and make you better. You were supposed to feel guilt. But did I? No. No. It takes much more than fake ghosts and cheap theatrics to crack this shell. But thank you for the fun anyway, John. Navy. Wait. You knew. Of course I knew. But this was fun, wasn't it? Now, if you'll be so kind as to release me, I have a performance to give. No! Victor, we are not letting you go until you tell us where Charles Dickens is. I can't. I don't remember. I suppose I do, somewhere very deep down, but that's not for you two to see. Ah, but perhaps this fellow can help you. Ha ha, hello, my good man. Another one of your specters, eh, John? Uh, John? Is this one of ours? Oh, no. Victor, this isn't us. Oh, it's all right, John. You've outdone yourself with this one. Arthur in spooky robes, I imagine? Or maybe Alex. I will admit, the glowing eyes are a nice touch. <clears throat> <clears throat> am I to presume I am in the presence of the ghost of Christmases yet to come? I'll take that as a yes. Well, lead on, spirit. It is precious time to me. I am very much enjoying myself. <laughs> John, what's going on? Well, either Victor's subconscious has really taken the Christmas carol motif and run with it, or... Okay, so Frank and Francisco have to be around here somewhere. We just need to throw them off the trail a bit. Hey, I thought this might be a good time to talk about, you know, earlier. Uh, Alex, that's not your line. What well, I know, but it's just us in the studio right now. Well, besides the sleeping guy and the two grandmas. Hello! Alex, stay on book, please. Oh, come on. I thought we could incorporate it into the scene. It's all part of the act, right? Fine. Eddie, stay the course. Yep. Okay, okay, fine. We can talk about it. While we are walking down this hallway looking for clues as to where Frank and Francisco have run off to. Beautiful. Listen, you know I'm not good at giving gifts. Ever since my mom died, I... Yes, yes, I know. And I could have been nicer about it earlier, but would it kill you to be a little more thoughtful? Put a little more effort into it? I know, and I realize that now. That's why I wanted to present to you... Drum roll, please, Eddie. Ta-da! Chocolates? Uh, not just any chocolates, your favorite chocolates. Right? You just don't get it. What? What don't I get? If you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. 
How is that supposed to help me? Can we please just focus on what we're doing? I have to find Frank. And I have a feeling someone is going to get us if we don't think fast. What? Oh, right. This way. We're just around here, I think. Oh, hurry! Hide! In here! Ooh, that was close. Wait, where are we? Is that painting glowing? <gasps> it's a secret passageway. Yes, we found them. Wait a sec. We have to crawl down a tight, constricted passageway on Christmas to save the day? Oh, no. This is like Die Hard! No, no, it's not. Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. I will die on this hill! <sighs> Fine. After you, Gruber. Uh, no, see, that's not even where... <sighs> Fine. All right, ghosts of Christmas yet to come. Conduct me where you will. <laughs> Keep an eye on this thing, Davy. What? I, I thought we agreed this was just a manifestation for Victor's subconscious. We did. For now. I don't like the way you said that, John. There are more things in time and space than we know about, Navy. Evil things. Things that are drawn to climactic moments in time. The watch? Just keep your eye on it. Anything that deals with showing people the future is not to be underestimated. Well, what are you waiting for? If everything goes according to plan tonight, what will my future hold? Victor! 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 Oh, I like the look of this future already. Show me more! Victor! 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 And there's the watch. How did I accomplish such a feat? A churchyard. Ah, yes, here it comes, John. Another classic maneuver. John, what? Where did he go? <laughs> ah, am I to assume, Spirit, that my enemies overcame their natural enmity towards me and are now shedding a tear over dear old Uncle Victor's grave? Oh, no. It's not for you. How could you? He once trusted you. John! John, no! John! Here lies John Farnsworth. No, this can't be, can it? If, if I get to watch tonight, surely this is not the end result. I think that means a yes, Victor. Hooey! Victor, have a heart! John was once your best friend. Surely you don't want this. Yes, yes. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm thinking. Victor! But... But there has to be another way. I've worked so hard for this moment. Spirit, is there no other way? Is this the only trade-off? Please, Spirit. I, I don't want John dead, but how can I give up my greatest triumph? You have to promise me, Vicky. You'll treat John right. <laughs> that old chestnut. But... But Robin could never have imagined the complexity that would arise around what happened. Victor! Oh, all right. Fine. It's not like I want John dead or anything. <laughs> and there you go, you grubby little time travelers. A redeeming quality. I don't want John dead. Are you happy? Now you know Dickens is in Suite 138. Now wake me up. 
Navy, what the blazes? Get me out of here. I told you, it's not us. But, but it, it has to be... Navy? Navy, where did she go? Spirit, am I to assume this is more than simply the fancy of my imagination? Well, out with it. What are you? What do you want? Ah, so you want the watch too, then? <laughs> I'm sure we could make a deal. Are you telling me there is indeed another trade-off? Ah, 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 the gravestone. But John won't die if I don't get the watch tonight. Oh. Look closer, is it? Wait, wait, that's... That's not John's name, that's... That's me! No! No, spirit, please! Return me to the land of the living. I'll give you anything! Anything? Even your own life? <laughs> what? <laughs> Victor! 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 Victor, are you all right? You fell off your chair. What happened in there? Oh, he's all right. Thank goodness he's all right. Yes, yes, I'm fine. Don't slobber. Alex and Jessica crawled through a secret passage into your room and found Frank and Francis all trying to wake you. I mean, they pulled me out and I did my best, but I thought we'd... Yes, yes, I, I know. John, the watch. I know where it is. I saw it before I got pulled out. The watch. The watch is in terrible danger. Quick, we must get there before. Yes, hurry. Yes. Just this way. What did you say it was? I, I don't know. Perhaps something from the future. I, I didn't like it. Here we go. Suite 138. Spirit, he cried, tight clutching at his robe. Oh, good. Please. Everything is safe. And we have the watch. Yes, we do. Victor, remember what you saw tonight. Hmm. Yes, of course. <clears throat> you know, John, it occurs to me that tomorrow is Christmas... Yes. And what a shame it would be to quarrel on Christmas Eve. I... I agree. Why don't we call a temporary truce just until Boxing Day and then no holds barred? Oh, and, uh... There's the portal. How convenient. Wow. Victor. Uh, okay. Uh... Oh, are you kidding me? After everything we just went through, you just throw it in the portal? Oh, come now, my dear boy. Where's your Christmas spirit? That's what we've been asking all night! <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, but just who do you all think you are? Why are you in my room? Mr. Dickens, we're your biggest fans. And we're here to escort you to your performance! exclaimed the ghost. Come in and know me better, man. No, no, like this. <clears throat> Come in, exclaimed the ghost. Come in and know me better, man. Spirit, said Scrooge submissively. Conduct me where you will. I went forth last night on compulsion, and I learned a lesson which is working now. 
Wow, you really are good at this. Yes, I know. I'm amazing. Oh! But they don't think so. All right, I'm content. Neither of these jokers is Charles Dickens. No, they're not. Because I am. <gasps> How do we know it's really you? Can you not see my goatee and curly mustache? Oh, oh, oh yes, yes, there he is, there he is. Mm -hmm. Then I will kindly ask you all to take your seats. And thank you two young gentlemen for holding my place. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a performance to give. <clears throat> a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, stave one. Molly was dead to begin with. And as good a man as the good old city... Wow, he really is good. That's why he's considered to be one of the greatest authors ever to live. I remember when you did a one-man Christmas carol back in high school, Victor. <laughs> yes, I remember it well. That's when I decided on my signature look. Hey, level with me, Victor. What did you see in there? After I got pulled out, Navy won't tell me. Let's just say I was... Shown why I should call a truce, uh, just for tonight, in the name of our former friendship. Regardless, no holes barred starting on the 26th, John. All right, boys, with me. You're leaving? He's not done yet. Oh, I think I know how this one ends. <laughs> Until our next meeting, John. All in good time. Scrooge was better than his word, and it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well. May that be said of us, and all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone. Wow, that was so good. He is the master. There's just one thing I don't get. What's that, Arthur? Where were all the puppets? Oh, Arthur. That was the Time Traveler's Radio Show Christmas Special, How the Victor Stole Christmas. This very special episode of the Time Traveler's Radio Show was produced for a live audience on Christmas Eve, 1944. Thanks for being here with us this evening, folks, and please be safe getting home. Woohoo! A special thanks to our wonderful sponsor this evening, Leibowitz & Sons Beauty Company. Be looking for Leibowitz products stuffed in your stocking tomorrow morning. Great. Can we go? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that hot cocoa by the fire. Yeah. Well, can I get white chocolate? Just hold your horses. Tonight's episode is also dedicated to our troops overseas who won't be home for Christmas. We know how hard it is not to be with your loved ones during the holidays. Please know that you're in our thoughts and prayers. Get home safe, boys. All right, guys, we can go now. What? What's wrong? Home for Christmas, that's... <laughs> that's... That's what we've been missing. I couldn't put my finger on it, but... Uh, that's why I've been so upset. I just want to be home for Christmas and... And... Uh... And I totally didn't read into that. Oh, Jess, I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. No. You know what? Hold on, I've got an idea. I'm sorry, too. I, I could have been more supportive of this, John. It's just with the holidays and missing family, I... No. No need to apologize, Navy. But besides, you've got us. And we're like a family, right? 
right? Right. That's right, Arthur. At least we have each other. <sighs> Here. Merry Christmas, Jess. What? I've been compiling a list of things. Uh, pictures, memories, videos from before we got stuck here. From back home. I didn't even realize how homesick I've been until you mentioned it. That's probably why I've been doing all this, but I think you need it more than me. Oh, Alex, I... Thank you so much. So, am I forgiven? I guess so. It's a Christmas miracle! Ooh, ooh, who's up for a little caroling to send us out? If we have to. Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn King Peace on earth and mercy mild God and sin is reconciled And as Tiny Tim said, God bless us, everyone. The Time Traveler's Radio Show was created by Cody Cutler and Jacob Ernest. This episode was written, produced, and directed by Cody Cutler. It starred W. Benjamin Hyde as John, Adam Packard as Alex, Kelly Cook as Jessica, Marie, and Woman, Darcy Ramirez as Navy, Chris Rollins as Arthur, and Dane Allred as Victor and the Old Woman. It also starred Jacob Baird as Man, Man 2, and Dimitri. Matthew De La Fuente as Frank, Francois, and Francisco. And Jacob Ernest as Harvey Parker, Man 2, and Charles Dickens. The production sound mixer was K. Ella Santos. Sound design was by Cody Cutler, and music by Richard Williams and Jerem Hansen. The executive producer was Cody Cutler, with a special thanks to the Hive Collaborative in Provo, Utah, Kyle Clausen, and associate producer Ron Bateman. Follow the Time Traveler's radio show on Instagram and Twitter, or like us on Facebook. Stay up to date with everything Time Traveler related over at www.timetravelerradio.com. Thank you for listening, and as always, see you next time.